Hey everyone, I'm Francesco Akira, the Nova Fireball, the new member of the United Empire. And please enjoy listening Wrestle In. Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom, SP3, back on Wrestle In with another edition of Ace Techers. Not all of the techers are here with us. Our four team uh, has become a tag team. I am here with the one and only Sanal. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? We're just the two of us. We're just going to talk some New Japan. We're going to have to hold it up for the team. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. I mean, we're not you even a we're not even a minute in and we're already enjoying SP3's amazing voice. This is going to be a good episode. I had to sing. I had to sing because that's what the people come on wrestling on the Patreon. They expect SP3 to sing. So we're getting it early and often on this edition here. NK and Kirian uh, couldn't make it for this one. They're going to be back on the next edition. Don't you worry. Karen, uh, Karen is uh, enjoying a, a lad's holiday. NK was busy, but shout out to them. Hope they, they, they are doing well and hope they are enjoying all the New Japan pro wrestling that's been going on the first couple of weeks of my favorite month of the year, May, because my birthday is coming up on Thursday. So very with excited like, for like that. Your top's your top best of super junior match as well basically new japan knew it they were sensing it they were like this is what we're doing for sp3's birthday because what did i say last time i said i said the match for my heart and two points that happened on the first day of the best of super juniors and then on my birthday you know what they're giving me sanal kushida versus Hiromu again oh my god they're giving us a rematch from all those years ago all those years ago, we're going to talk about some of the matches we're looking forward to coming up in the Best of Super Juniors, and we're going to talk about the first three days of the Best of Super Juniors. Uh, these are the, the shows that have happened before we're recording here. Uh, you'll probably see a couple of more days by the time you listen to this, but we're only going to talk about the first three days. But before we get into the Best of Super Juniors, so now we got to talk about Wrestling Dantaku, the big show that kicked off new japan's kind of big show of golden week in japan whole bunch of shows i watched a whole bunch of japanese wrestling from all japan pro wrestling noah stardom uh from golden week but wrestling dantaku was right up there as one of the major shows and we're gonna kick off this edition talking about the big moment from the show which have been all the way at the end sonata and hiromu takahashi in a great main event Romo digging into his 2017-2018 bag, doing flat butt bumps on concrete. Sonata putting in what I thought was one of his best matches of his career, and definitely uh, for this new era of Sonata uh, being with just five guys, pulling out the win over Hiromu with deadfall. But then after the match, the big moment, the, the video package, the vignette we've been talking about on this podcast and New Japan fans have been talking about of this big person who's coming you see the police you see a dragon you we didn't know who it was but there was like a murmurs. Shingo, the shingo got a son is there another dragon coming 
Another dragon has arrived, and it is none other than the returning Yoda Suji. Suji Shock is here, and he shocked just five guys, laying out all the members of the stable, including the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion Sonata with a big old spear, and then put up his fist in the air as a member of LIJ or proposing that he's yeah, a member say, of LIJ. Nigel, how Nigel come out and said, like, nothing's been decided. Suji's basically just come and been like, I need a faction. I'm going to part the thing. I'm going to go back, carry Hiromu out. And I get, because I've said this, and I've said this with you on True Heal. He, I've said it with, ever since Suji was a young lion, and he was really vocal about, his love of lucha and then doing the excursion here in the UK and then in Mexico. I always thought that as weird as it looks, Suji would always fit in with LIJ in any way compared to the others. So whether Naito accepts, I think also with the state of it, since Sonada left, you have lost a tag team. True. And I've I said this with USP3, Suji and Shingo as a tag team, that is where your money is at. I would not mind them mixing it up with this, especially because New Japan has like a revamped tag division with Aussie Open at the forefront. You got Bishamon as well, TMDK, and throwing in a Suji and Shingo tag team definitely is very tantalizing as well. I mean, well. you missed out the biggest team, Evil and Yujiro. <laughs> Oh God! Don't get me started on that. I'm not. I'm. I, we have all positive vibes. It's just the two of us. We're not, we're not gonna bring in that negativity of a house of torture on this one. But overall, what's your thoughts on Suji coming in? What did you think about Hiromu and and Sonata in the main event of Dantaku? And what do you think about Suji stepping up and now going to be the next challenger for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship in his re-day? view high profile match the main event of dominion i mean i loved the match between sanada and hiromu it was so different from both of them it was quite not slow but in the sense that it started quite slow there was a lot because sanada pointed out this is the first time in i think a decade or something that they've had a match with each other they've been faction members so they were feeling each other out but what i loved was sanada started the match as lij sanada he was a bit more chilled out compared to Hiromu. But as the match went on, we saw Sonata going, wait, I'm not just wrestling somebody in the main event. I'm wrestling my former faction mate for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship that I have. And you saw him snap and he went from the cool guy doing like his moonsault to realizing, no, this is time to step up. And they both did. And Suji, God, I mean, I've always been vocal about how like, a person's career in New Japan, I guess, depends on their return. We saw it like Jay White had a big return. But on the other hand, Finley didn't have an excursion. Hanari didn't have an excursion. So it's been a lot longer. And obviously, Master Wato, God bless his little return in the midst of the pandemic to like literally nobody. <laughs> to, to no pop. It was no, not even the claps. He didn't even get the claps during his re-debut. So the fact that they have done this shows that they really ha they really have a vision for Suji. And as someone who has watched him in the UK and Rev Pro shows, I have seen that as well. And his new look, he has slimmed down. Like he is literally like, 
I would have said, oh, yeah, he's definitely a heavyweight, like, in the upper region. But he seems like he could be, like, within sort of the Naito Sonata weight range because he really has toned up, which is even yeah. more exciting because it means that there's probably going to be a lot more, like, Lucha style from him. Yeah, I'm very interested to see what his style was going to be. He had a great spear on uh, Sonata getting his reintroduction here. And, yeah, it, it's a big high-profile high profile spot for him because like we've seen with a bunch of people from around his class in the dojo you know Shoto Amino came in and got his re-debut the big matchup against Will Ospreay at a historic crossover last year for the IWGP United States Championship Ren Narita had his re-debut to Japan getting into the uh, NJPW World Television Championship tournament making it all the way to the finals and coming up short uh, Shooter lost to to Will Ospreay and then he lost to uh, Tensuya Naito at New Beginning but are they going to just are they going to put the rocket the, 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 the jet pack to uh, Suji because I'm predicting it I said it on this you podcast said it and so the, agenda, the agenda is still going on Sonata is not walking out of Dominion with the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship I said last time on Ace Techers it would be Naito that would be challenging him but since it is another LIJ member that is totally fine Yoda Suji our next IWGP World Heavyweight Champion the funny thing is i would not hate that because i love suji i watch him he's one of my young lion babies that like debuted just as i properly got into it and i guess it worked but i my issue comes with new japan don't know the star quality of suji yet and it's always risky like okada was a risk and i think one of the rare risks that worked out but we even saw with things like naito as a star just dust genius as good as you are as good as you feel and you are with the crowd that doesn't necessarily translate as a champion and i feel like we saw that with shota they almost rocket strapped him from the start and he didn't get the reaction he wasn't working in the way that they wanted him to so are they gonna take because even with jay if you think about it they had him have a special singles match at Wrestle Kingdom and then the US title. So he sort of worked it up. For them to do it with Suji, they Gado really has to have a lot of trust in him. And can they risk that after Gado's evil fiasco? I don't think he can take another risk. This this is true. That that's probably my only thing that I have a little bit of pause about is is he going to take this another risk? Because he's already kind of uh, doing like a, a test pilot with Sonata, and mm-hmm. Sonata has been passing with flying colors. Whether it's you know the match, like I also agree with you, I enjoyed the hell out of his matchup with Hiromu. I thought it was a fantastic match, arguably one of the better main event matches New Japan has put on in 2023 so far. Mm-hmm. And not only that, it was in front of a sold-out Fuoku. So that proves that he can be a, a part of a sold-out crowd a, and be a draw with Hiromu Takahashi, where not a lot of people in Japan or Western believed that Hiromu had a shot. But mm-hmm. he made you believe when he hit that time bomb, too. He had me. He had me on the time okay. bomb, too. But, uh, yeah, even with the challenger that wouldn't be believed as someone that could beat him, he still was able to draw a big crowd. So is he going to 
going to take another risk and put the title on Suji? That is the question. But, you know, we could talk more about that yeah. on the next edition where we got NK and Karen with, with, with us. So we'll, we'll, we'll hold off on that a little bit more. But let's talk well, more. Well, as we can say, though, me and SP3 are firmly Team Suji. Yes. Team Suji all day. Suji shock. I'm here for you. I want to believe it. I just got to talk myself into it more as we head to uh, Dominion. But you know what? A quick funny thing though is out of the you always have in the Young Lion Clash, you have one that you think is going to excel. And we had like JY, um, Okan out of him and Wato. And I remember always thinking, ah, oh, it's going to be like Shota or Narita. But I really think that out of all of them, if when he comes back, Suji and Uemura, because I think I've heard Uemura is doing amazing things with impact and stuff. If, I mean, if he comes back, that's always been a bit in the air because he's his tweets and stuff said he loves it there. Um, I think that Suji could be the most successful out of the class. And I think they're setting him up to do mm -hmm. that because even if, you know, he doesn't win at Dominion, he more than likely is going to be in LIJ. That's better than, you know, being yeah, yeah. in Hontai or a created stable in strong style. So, yeah, he's getting in the big time position here. But let's talk more about Duntaku. And speaking of shooter, he was a part of a post-match angle for another title match on the show as it was Team Okada, Kazuka Okada, Hiroshi Tadahashi, and Tomorio Ishii defeating Strong Style, Red Narita, El Desperado, and Minoru Suzuki in what I thought was the best uh, never open way six man tag team championship matchup we've ever seen from New Japan Pro Wrestling. You had all the different feuds going on with Okada and Narita. You had uh, Ishii and El Desperado with their fight forever energy. You had uh, Suzuki working over the ribs of Tadahashi. Tadahashi selling the hell out of the ribs. You also had the elements with Tadahashi trying to work with Ishii, who doesn't want anything to do with Tadahashi, but <laughs> they overcame that. They were were able to win the six-man tag team championships. After the match, though, uh, Shoto Amino came out, made the challenge to Okada. He didn't like getting punked out by Okada during the New Japan Cup Tour, and not only made the challenge for the Never Overweight Six-Man Tag Team Championships, but he introduced a video package from none other than the boogeyman of New Japan Pro Wrestling, John Moxley. So Moxley will be making his return at Dominion alongside Shoto Amino with probably a, another member of the Blackpool Combat Club joining him at Dominion. We already got the announcement for Resurgence. It's going to be Shooter, Moxley, and Willie Yuta versus Okada, Ishii, and Rocky Romero. So that might be a preview of what we're going to see at Dominion. But first, what did you think about Team Okada winning the six-man tag team championships over Strong Style? What did you think about the match? And then finally, what did you think about the post-match challenge by Shooter and Moxley? So, yeah, I agree. One of the best, like, the never-open six-weight titles have had a rocky history. They have had so much potential in the hands of certain champions. Just for Gato, we're bringing Gato back again. Gato is the core of everything we speak about. Just to sort of give it away to, like, House of Torture or to have it lost within one defense. And this one I was sad because I, as although Strong Star hadn't cemented themselves yet, I feel like they might need another big member, big heavyweight member for that. It was a great match. Like, Suzuki beating the shit out of Tanahashi, who's just returned from injury. Despi and Ishii, I could 
watch them wrestle every day, all day. Their chemistry in the ring is lit. Considering how different they are, just works so well. And Okada, Dick Okada was back and thriving. <laughs> like, I think that works. And I, it's a huge thing anyway, because obviously it's the first title Okada has ever held that is in the top title. And now you've got him. So the three, three of the top guys in New Japan holding, we can be honest, a pretty shit belt. Like, they've not done that well. And now you've got John Moxley challenging for it. Come on, Gato, give us hope. Make these titles mean something. Gato was like, you know, a soul for a soul. You had, he had to get rid of the Intercontinental title. The never overweight title has taken a step down. So he's been elevating the King of Pro Wrestling Championship and the never overweight six-man tag team titles. I happily take that because I think I've always loved the, the lower titles. They've always been great to me. And especially, the no, I mean, I'm a bit sad I didn't point this out that the titles are with three heavyweights. I always have issues. I think I had that when Bishamon and Ishii held it. For me, I feel that they should keep the ne- the open weight status of it. But I mean, I think if whoever they do it with will probably be all heavyweight again. I guess Wheeler Yuta heavyweight. Wheeler Yuta? No, he's technically a junior heavyweight because he was in the best of super juniors last year. Yeah. So if so if that if they do it, then that's fine. But I really think that they need to keep emphasizing this similar with the never open weight title the singles one they need to keep pushing it because obviously in this one we had despy holding it if we can like sort of have it where there are more mixed teams then i think the never six man titles are on a good journey yes i'm very interested in this matchup coming up at dominion i've been wanting to see okada mix it up with moxley for a long time and if they're not going to do moxley and uh okada straight up at forbidden door i would be down for this team okada versus blackpool combat club i I think that they could do that forbidden door you never know whatever happens here it could start something for forbidden door yeah, I think I think whatever the result is is gonna parlay into Forbidden Door because it's so close together. Mm. So I could see something like you know they come up short and then Moxley and Wheeler or whoever from the Blackpool Combat Club shows up at Dominion, jump shooter and like destroy him, and that mm. can either parlay into the officially the Blackpool Combat Club challenging uh, Team Okada at Forbidden Door, or we could do Shooter versus Moxley at Forbidden Door. I was going to say, because I was going to say, what is your thoughts of Shota joining the Blackpool Combat Club? His heart is too pure. His heart is too pure to be in the Blackpool Combat Club. These guys are stabbing people with screwdrivers. They're jumping. They're jumping people four on one, three on one. He, he, Shooter can't be a part of that. He's too, he's too much of a pure heart. Also, Red Shoes Uno will 10 out of 10. He'll be like, how could you do this? How could you do this with Team New Japan, son? And, and and also, I need I need Moxley to turn on Shooter so he can get rid of that damn black jacket. I mean, you know what? Zack Sabre Jr. needs to take it. He need well. Let's have a new thing with Zack that he's now the jacket taker. He just takes jackets of people. 
the jacket taker. Oh, there we go. We got we got another we got another tentative title for this episode. The jacket taker. Speaking of the jacket taker himself, Zack Saber Jr. Him and Jeff Cobb had a NJPW World Television Championship matchup at Wrestling Dontaku, which I also thought was another great match. There was nothing but great matches, like the final four matches on this show, and this was kind of the the start of that streak, and it was just a great clash of styles with Zach's Techers versus uh, Cobb's strength and athleticism, the mixture of the two, how he puts it together, just made for an unbeatable task for our TV champion, which for the first time in his sixth defense of the championship, it went to the 15-minute time limit draw. I love Zach's uh, comments after the match, saying that he felt like it was a loss for him because he wasn't able to get the job done, and he's the one that wanted the rematch so close after coming up at Dominion on June 4th. What did you think about the match? What did you think about Zach's comments afterwards? And that this rivalry is going to be continuing on. I mean, we've had six, like you said, six. I think this was the perfect time to have the time limit draw because although on the surface, if you're not a New Japan fan, you'll say, well, Zach's the weaker one. Zach's obviously going to lose. But New Japan fans know that is completely opposite. Zach has been fighting bigger men his entire career. And this time limit draw cements that neither of them look weaker. And I knew for anything, any draw that Zach has, it will be a loss. It's always to submit people. So the fact we get to see it, I I feel like because we've got a rematch, we might see the end of Zach's historic reign. Yeah. No, my we heart. We wanted to see it last all year until Wrestle Kingdom next year. But just the fact that they've done a rematch so soon, I don't think they're going to have Jeff losing. Or oh, they're not going to have another time limit draw, are they? Uh, I hope I hope they don't try to do back to back time limit draws. But I mean, maybe they could, and then say the third match is no time limit. They can do mm. something like that. But doesn't that that completely goes against the New Japan? I always wonder this, like. Are there any like leeway with it? Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's very interesting, but yeah, it does feel like the because the, the rematch is so soon after that they are gonna make this change, but I'm gonna be so sad. I'm gonna be so sad. I have loved this title reign. Uh I, I even just uh recently saw Zach Saber Jr. He made his debut in uh Game Changer Wrestling uh at the uh fight fight night Brooklyn show uh last Thursday, and he had a great match against Tony Deppin, and you even had someone like Veda Scott on commentary saying that the the uh, World Television Championship is like her favorite title and favorite style of match now. So it's not just us that love it. Even people in the wrestling business have been loving what Zach has done with this championship. So I'm hoping it continues on. I'm hoping he can find a way to beat Jeff Cobb, but Jeff Cobb is is more than uh, qualified to be kind of the heir apparent to this inaugural reign here. No, definitely. I think that We've said this for ages, Jeff has the potential to do so well, but they've not, New Japan haven't capitalized on it. We saw his reign with Okan, but the tag titles didn't work. Then he had that match against Kenny for the US title. Jeff Cobb is a superstar. Everyone in Japan loves him. Do something with him, but I hate that it's going to be at the expense of my countryman, Zack Sabre Jr., Hey, maybe they just need to take the title off of Zach so he has nothing stopping him 
for his showdown with Brian Danielson at Forbidden mm-hmm. Door. There's always that. There's always that that kind of uh, uh, silver lining in this yeah. whole thing. <laughs> and the final two matches we got to talk about from Wrestling Duntaku were two new champions being crowned, Sanal, as you had first Hikaleo defeating Kenta. Are we, we going to talk about that one? That's why I'm combining it with two. Um, Hikaleo <laughs> defeating Kenta um, to win the strong openweight championship. Speaking of openweight titles, you also had David Finley of the Bullet Club defeat Tama Tonga uh, in a dominating fashion to become the never openweight champion. And uh, just the visual of uh, David Finley powerbombing Tama Tonga to death and giving him three tracks pandas before uh tamatango was stretchered out and david finley standing tall and then in the post match my one of my predictions for duntaku came true as el phantasmo showed up and returned and attacked david finley to set up his never open weight uh championship opportunity coming up at dominion so two new open weight champions First touch on Hikaleo, you could just touch on it, literally. Uh, Hikaleo defeating Kenta, and then Finley becoming the new Never Open Weight Champion. Happy for Hikaleo. Amazing guy. A lot of potential. hate that it was in that kind of match. Kenta, Kenta, what is happening? You are a veteran. Former champion in everywhere. Just, It's just sad, isn't it? Yeah. It it it's sad and very depressing to see the state of Kenta. Because I mean, like we always joke that like Kenta's quite funny and he jokes in the ring, and it works in the sense that it works in his post match and it worked for Yano. But at least with Yano, that's what he is. He's always been like that, and you know what? He can throw out the moves. Whereas Kenta, we know him as the great guy inside the ring and the funny guy outside. But now it's like he's a de facto house of torture man. He might as well be his House of Torture member at this point. <laughs> so I mean, so. not that we need that faction to grow anymore. Oh, no, no. We're, we're, we're not saying that, and we're not trying to put that out into the world. But I know you are not the, the biggest fan of David Finley, so what do you think about him winning the Never Overweight Championship? The funny thing is, you say this, I'm wearing my C-Block Championship t-shirt. Look at, look at that. Come on. You believe in him? You this was really? sent. This was sent directly from David Finley himself. So, um, yeah, I love David Finley. I think he's an amazing wrestler. Always one of my favorites. It was him and Jay that was the reason I got into New Japan properly. I've just yet to see his potential in Bullet Club. He is phenomenal wrestler. He's great. He was great as a babyface, and I think he can be great as a heel if he finds his identity. Not taking parts of Jay White taking bits of evil's gear even the thing when his dad like we need david finley the rebel the rebel just sounds like a knockoff something like an angsty teenager finley is more than that and i think he can be more and if he finds who he is and finds his own identity then i think he can work as a bullet club leader i'm not buying it well, all I can say to that, Sanal, is Bully Club need the rebel. The world need the rebel. In the Bully Club, but David Binney, the new never open way champion. 
and and there you go guys this is why you should subscribe to sp3 and everything he does because you are gonna get amazing gator impressions that you will not hear anywhere else this is what i'm all about ladies and gentlemen gato impressions i i love what he says it bleak love need the rebel well need a rebel I mean, I, I don't know how I feel about the Rebel. Like, you had the Switchblade, and the Switchblade, he, he was always the Switchblade. Similarly, the cleaner just seemed to work. But for the Rebel, I, I don't know. It's just a bit basic. No worries. No worries. I, I understand. He, <laughs> still, he, still has to put it, he still has to put everything together. It's, it's kind of just a couple of puzzle pieces, like you said, evil jay white that he's trying to put into one where he just has to find a new part of his personality like he did previously as a baby face but exactly like i'm the biggest fit like i will i have two david finley shirts he's one of my favorites i just i just need something i need something for me to go right he is the right person to replace jay i think i think he is i think he is he just has to he has to get it together somehow, some way. Um, get rid of the shillelagh. Get rid of the shillelagh. <laughs> that, would be, that would be the first part, for sure. But talk about the other half of the Never Open Weight Championship match from Duntaku. We had some new news that came out in regards to Tama Tonga, revealing that he has been working with New Japan Pro Wrestling as a free agent, basically. Been working without a contract for the last couple of months. Uh, what do you think is going to be the future of Tama Tonga, where, you know, the final time we saw him at the Taku, he stretched out. It kind of looked like they were kind of writing him off for the time being. Do you think that we have seen the last of Tamatanga in New Japan Pro Wrestling? I mean, we've had these rumors for quite a while because I know back with the Loser Leaves Japan match. I think Sanal's freezing up a little bit. But uh, yeah, the the around the time of the loser leaves Japan match with Hikaleo and Jay White, they said uh, Hiko that WWE was interested in Hikaleo as well as uh, Tama Tonga. So yeah, it's kind of been like the last couple of months where they it, there's been kind of rumors and innuendo when it comes to uh, Tama Tonga status. I, I don't know what that means because he's been with New Japan for so long, the better part of a decade. You know, Bullet Club celebrating their 10-year anniversary with uh, Tama Tonga, the only OG member left in New Japan Pro Wrestling. But I think Sanal is back with us, got everything adjusted. Yeah. So what do you think? Do you think we've seen the last of Tama Tonga in New Japan or do you see him kind of coming back sometime soon? I really hope it's not the end because I feel like one, it'd be incomplete because obviously Tangaloa is not there at the moment. I think he's still injured. Te personally, I feel like it wouldn't be out of the ordinary because if he does WWE, it's helpful. He's got a family. It's probably a lot to do traveling and things. And I think that's probably one of the reasons Jay chose to leave and go with AEW because he can be at home more. But I would be sad because I think even with this never title ring, Tamatonga has so much potential. With Sonada, one of the most athletic guys in the company. Most and, definitely. Yeah, Most and definitely. the fact that he's never had any big singles glory, because obviously I think the IC title would have been perfect for him. It was like a stepping stone to the world one. I just feel like if this is the end of Tamatonga's time, it's a shit way for him to go because he is... Just he's the heart of New Japan. He was there. He grew up like he started off. 
now civil war he's it'd be and also with hikaleo i think with once tangaloa comes back the three of them together they're like never six man tag titles that is true yeah that's a missed opportunity to not have all three brothers as never overweight six man tag team champions i didn't even think of that but that is a good point that that's like a a lost opportunity that new japan probably could have done now that they've kind of firmly established hikaleo as a force on his own and i think that um because i feel like hikaleo was never like a strong force in new japan after he finished the excursion again another example of like someone who went on excursion but didn't have the big return and i feel like especially as baby faces the three of them could work amazing and i mean i won't i won't keep him in hontai i feel like they need to to go yeah gorillas of gorillas of destiny and Jado as like their own faction probably would work more than this them being kind of a part of hontai even though i would say that uh, thomas honga as a Babyface has been a revelation. He's probably mm-hmm. more popular than he's ever been in Japan as a babyface. Despite him, I thought he was a great heel and he was a great heel on the mic as well. But he just seems like the, the fans have been like, you've been here so long and they fully have embraced him since leaving the mm-hmm. Bullet Club. He's one of them, I guess. It's similarly with Jay White. Like, even though Jay White was always a heel after he left Chaos, because he went through the system. They love him like they're his own. I think it's we're seeing it with El Fantasma, and we'll probably speak about that. But like El Fantasma has become one of their own, and his baby face turn has been a revelation as well. This is true. This is very true. But we shall we shall see how everything uh transpires with Tamatanga, what he, what his future is gonna hold. I'm very interested to see if he's gonna stay with New Japan. Is he gonna go to Grafsters uh pastures a greener, as in like WWE, who was interested in him previously? They have their whole hiring freeze right now, so yeah, I don't know if that's say. even an option for him. AEW doesn't even feel like a good fit. Plus he said a lot of negative things about the young bucks and uh, Kenny Omega in the past where doesn't, it doesn't even seem like it's just kayfabe there. It seems like he has some personal animosity towards them and how they treated their time in bullet club. Someplace like impact wrestling kind of seems like the best mm-hmm. option for him outside of new Japan, but this is probably going to be something that we talk about more on future episodes of, uh, ace techers when it looks like his uh future is a little bit more clearer down the road definitely but i feel like wherever he goes my worry with wwe is tama's stature and size it is not especially vince decides to come out he's not the guy they're gonna have at the top do you know what i mean he's always been one of the smaller heavyweights um similarly i always thought that he could have cut a few pounds to do junior if he really wanted and I feel like Tama's style is something that back in the day WWE would have put in 205 Live. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, they would have. It's it's like basically Shingo being in the best of Super Juniors. Mm. That's what WWE would have done with Tama Tonga. Well, at least at least New Japan made Shingo look like a beast. <laughs> it? If, if Tama goes to WWE, he'll have like a few good matches. They'll maybe put something in with like Roman Reigns, the Usos, but then they'll like push him to the side. And he might go back to NXT for a bit, even though he's like a veteran. <laughs> he's in his, I think he's 40 now. Like, what are we doing? I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I know, he's great. He looks great for his age, whatever he is. 
He does. He's in great shape. So, it, shit, you know, physique-wise, he wouldn't mm. uh, seem out of place in WWE for sure. But let's talk about my favorite time of the year. My favorite month is May. So, of course, in New Japan Pro Wrestling, May means the best of the Super Juniors. And we are coming off the heels of the first third of the best of the Super Juniors as this condensed schedule they've been doing. They're doing uh, three straight shows to start off the tournament. Then a day off. We're, we're actually filming on the day off for the best of the Super Juniors. And then they're going to have, uh, I think, it's three or four uh, nights in a row before they have another day off. And then the final block of matches with the block matches and then the semifinals on the final weekend of May. Let's talk about the first three nights and especially the first night, Sanal, which I thought was not just one of the best nights of the best of the Super Juniors that we probably will look back on on the tournament. I thought it was one of the best shows from New Japan all year because this show had banger after banger after after banger after banger, uh, starting off with Clark Connors pulling off the victory over his L.A. Jojo brethren, uh, Kevin Knight. This was more of a dominant performance for Clark Connors, where I would honestly say I'm, I'm actually higher on David Finley in the Bullet Club than you are. But I would say Clark Connors had more of that Bullet Club vibe mm -hmm. to him in this first match than David Finley has had since joining the Bullet Club in March. What did you think? I know 10 out of 10 agree. Clark Connors, as much as I was never a fan of bringing more members in, Clark Connors is the perfect fit because he has all the tools. Yeah. He is phenomenal. And as much as I loved his little tag team with Taguchi, it was cute. It was nice. Wild that hits. Is not, yeah, wild <laughs> hits. But that is not what he should be aiming for. And that, his new side coming out with Gato again, Gato didn't get involved. It's very nice. Very nice. Um, he had a great match. Kevin Knight, the story between them. And I'm going to say, before I forget someone, what I like about these Super Junior matches and the fact that they're all like, one after the other, no opening, is that nothing is going on too long. Yeah. They are nice, quick matches. There's some longer ones, but none of them are like, ah, this is going on too long. I will, I will say when we get to night two, there wasn't one match where I thought oh. it was too long. But this, like you said, this first night, that's what I liked the most about this first night. Because you had uh, Connors and Kevin Knight. They went nine minutes, 20 seconds. Connors debuting his new finisher, No Chaser which I thought was cute because his new nickname is 100 Proof. Uh, then the next two matches, you had uh, Taiji Ishimori getting the win over Rasuki Taguchi. Uh, can can I just talk before I forget? Taguchi's not using his ass. Yes, yes, he, he he's actually kept to that. He's actually kept to his promise of not doing all the butt stuff that he's, he's known losing. for. <laughs> Exactly. But he's without it, he might have to start using butt stuff again. But uh, yeah, this one went uh just under four minutes with Ishimori getting the victory with the bone lock. Then we had the debut of Dan Maloney in New Japan Pro Wrestling getting the win over Bushi in seven minutes twelve seconds with the Driller Killer. What did you think about uh Dan Maloney's debut in New Japan? I have been watching Dan Maloney in the UK for a while, and I've always thought he's phenomenal and. Well, I'm still doubting his junior heavyweight status because I know he said he dropped a lot of pounds for this. I'm, st I'm still on the border. He was great. I mean, obviously, I think against Bushi, you're never going to... We all knew Bushi was going to lose that. It's, not, it's like yeah. a non-given. But it was a nice way to get crowds into it. 
whether he'll fit into the empire just yet, I'm not sure because I don't know. Because I guess I'm comparing him to the other two juniors in the faction. Yeah. And it just, he seems, he's, he's very big. So we'll see. But yeah, making his mark, he was great. And I'm, I'm going to say this. He has a great chin. It, it's a chin to rival Zack Sabre Jr.'s. I've, I said this when I saw him live like a few weeks ago. He's got a great chin. Best of the super chins. Best of the super <laughs> 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 versus Dan Maloney. <laughs> There we go. We need it. We need it, New Japan. We just booked your next tournament. Best of the Super Gens. First two entrants, Dan Maloney and Zack Sabre Jr. And we got another title option for Gary. <laughs> the fourth match on the first night was Kushida versus Doki. And my lord, I love this matchup. This was just nonstop going back and forth. Uh, different pins. My daughter is coming in because she, she's like, I love that match too. Yeah, she likes Doki. She's a Doki fan. Doki, right? Who'd you like, Doki or Kachita? She she got nothing to say. She's like <laughs> Doki, Doki. She's happy Doki got the win. Uh, Doki getting the win in eight minutes and uh, thirty two seconds. Uh, with the uh, Jorge Rivera special. Uh, or basically a roll up. Uh, for the win in this one, I absolutely adored this matchup, and it started kind of a a story for Kashida as he yeah. has been, has started the tournament zero and three, but it also started the journey for Doki, who has arguably been the MVP of the first three nights but what did you think about this match in particular Kashida and Doka I was I was shocked so I put and if you go into my YouTube channel Sonal's Life I'm plugging it there I had my preview and I said that I my heart was Doki winning his block and I thought oh, against Kashida this is going to be a hard one but he did it and what I love is that I guess Kashida probably went in underestimating Doki as a lot of people do but he is improving and it was the passion. Doki has this unrivaled baby face passion whenever he's in the ring, which makes it perfect that I think just five guys are tweeners at the moment. And I like that they aren't just giving Kushida the wins. Yes, he's IWGP junior champion, tag champion, but they're going to make him work. They're not going to be like, ah, you've been away for a few years. We're going to come back and have you win everything. They're making him work for it. And I like that. He's got he's to start this climb, and we'll get to the rest of his uh, matches in the tournament. Uh, but the next two matches were another couple of short ones, as you had uh, uh, Francisca Akira dropping his first matchup to Master Wado in uh, 7 minutes and 20 seconds. Watomania! Yes. Watomania climbing up, making his way to the Grandmaster. And then you had Leo Rush beating Show, who, unlike Taguchi, did not stay true to his claim that he wasn't going to do the House of Torture shenanigans. Yo, Show, yeah, I know he's I mean, all the I time, mean, but Show has let me down again. We saw it on was it night two or night three when he was against Taguchi. We, we saw a solid two minutes of the old show. Didn't last long, but we saw glimpses of the man who was my pick to be the super, like the IWGP junior champion. But yeah, showman. I, I don't, I, it's a lost cause now. Like evil, evil has to travel on this tour because they can't help themselves with House of Torture nonsense. But Leo Rush was able to overcome evil's interference, getting the win over show with final hour in four minutes and 20 seconds. Then we had another matchup that I thought was an absolute banger. This one it's got a, a, a and Despy. 
No, no, no. That that's coming up. That was the semifinal. But this one, excited. Robbie Eagles getting the win over Yo. Thirteen minutes, uh, six seconds with the trigger. I really enjoyed how these guys went at it. The former Chaos members, mm -hmm. uh, Eagles, focusing on the leg of of Yo, and then finally getting the win, clipping the leg, and then hitting him with the trigger for the win. What did you think about the that one with Robbie Eagles and uh, Yo? I like we saw some of Yo's personality. He was doing a bit of teasing there. Obviously, the guys, they travel together. They're chaos buddies. And I think with Yo, sometimes that's what you miss. And I think we saw that in one of his other matches. I can't remember which one. He's little, like, bit of a bastard in Yo. Yes, he's getting cocky. He was very cocky. He's not shown that the first three matches. I think he showed that little bit of cockiness yeah. in him now. I think it was the one against Wato, because obviously Wato would have been the firm baby face. But I feel like this is what we are... Like, Yo did amazing, was it two years ago when he made the final? Yeah. But I think we needed to add this... I think they said on commentary that with Yo, it's like... I think TJP said it. Yo doesn't seem to try, but he's so good at it. And so when we add that bit... Of, it's a bit like Dick Okada. When we add that bit of Dick Yo, it's almost like we are now seeing a full... Because Yo's character is that he's weird. He likes poop. He's a free soul. He, for some reason, is now wrestling in, like, denim shorts. Like he's John Cena. Yeah. <laughs> but then, like, he went from his, like, Rapongi 3K, silver and red. Then last time, the last few years, he's had black, and now he's going with jeans. And I like that we're seeing something new in it. I don't think he's going to win, but I feel like he's also putting on really good performances night after night. Yeah, he's showing a little bit more of his personality, and that's something that a lot of people have been wanting for him for so long. Uh, the next two matches was uh, Teton getting his first win over TJP with the uh, Muda Lock. This one going 11 minutes and 12 seconds. And the match you wanted to talk about, Yoshinabu Katamaru getting the victory over El Desperado. Surprising, a little bit of an upset because Desperado is considered one of the favorites going into this tournament. But he totally broke down the leg. Did not need 30 minutes of breaking down the leg for Hiromu just to come back and win. He <laughs> Broke him down in 14 minutes, getting the win with the figure four leg lock. And they've really been establishing that this is kind of the money move for Kenamaru mm. so far in this tournament. What did you think about this match? Which I another one I thought was great on this show. Could Uncle Nobu win this? I, I don't know. I, don't like, know. I think the big thing is that even when they were both in Suzuki Gun, I think that's like a funny joke that like even though they tagged together and they're so well, they don't really. They really chat. They weren't really like close friends. But even when they were in Suzuki Gun, when they were in best of Super Junior matches against each other, they would push everything out the window. And it was the same here. And I think 99% of us probably went in thinking Despy was winning this. Yes, I did. I did. Yeah. So I was surprised by this result. <laughs> and I love that. Again, like you said, it wasn't the half an hour draw that we saw with Hirobu. It's Uncle Nobu at his best. Yes, he is 46. Yes, he is the same age as Tanahashi. But my man is in such good shape. And it's funny, he went into this tournament. He said, I don't care if I win this. I don't care if I get zero wins. If I, like, if I win them all, I literally don't care. But he is out to show that, you know what, I'm what he's one of the oldest. I guess yeah. probably, I don't know, I think he might be older than Taguchi. I, I think he might be. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so he is, yeah, he's two years older than Taguchi. So he is, might be the oldest. Yeah. And he is putting on a clinic. He is like, I don't have to be flashy. I'm going to win this. 
He's gotten into the fountain of youth and he's been really showing out the great match with Hiromu, despite it going 30 minutes. And then this one was another great one as well. But there was no match greater to me. Probably my favorite match of the year so far was the main event on this first night. Hiromu Takahashi going one-on-one with Speedball Mike Bailey. And my lord, the Kurgan crowd. This was a sold-out crowd of uh, 1,401. And it sounded like a crowd of like 60,000 because they completely blew the roof off for this matchup. They go into the crowd. You get Hiromu trying to do the flatback bump on the concrete in the crowd. They're, they're fighting all throughout Kurgan, coming back to the ring, speedball with his kicks and his knees. They just completely left it balls to the wall. This match goes 16 minutes and 14 seconds. Uh, Hiromu with his lariats. There's they're screaming at each other, showing the fighting spirit. Hiromu busted out the sunset flip power bomb to the outside, which we haven't we haven't seen him complete that in such a long time. And then finally, Speedball getting the win with the Ultimo weapon. Yo, this is a near five star match for me. A near five star. I, I don't. I, I think if the if this was a IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship and it goes five minutes more, it's yeah. five stars completely. But just for what we got in this tournament and how this night was, this was the perfect main event. And I think that this whole tournament is going to be hard-pressed to top this match. I think it was the perfect way to start because, obviously, Speedball Mike Bailey, I don't know how, like, I know him so much. I've known him from the UK scene and stuff. I wasn't sure how aware maybe the Japanese fans were and maybe New Japan fans. But the fact that he came out and showed out and he beat Hiromu out of a GP junior champion on his first night. Like, it was a perfect way to start the tournament. Like, in my opinion, it worked perfectly. The match itself was amazing, especially because on the press conference, my baby, bless him, couldn't stop, like, gushing over Hiromu. And the fact that he won and then he got to close out the show. Because if you've been watching the post-match comments and everyone should do that, my baby Japanese is Yo, he killed it. He killed it on that Japanese promo after the show. And that is only going to get him more fans. Yeah. Like, oh, it was great. That was probably one of the best starts to a tournament. Like, I, for me, I've always said the best Super Junior is my favorite tournament of the year. And this is cementing that why it is. Yeah. This was that was like top to bottom one of the best shows from New Japan all year long. And that's what made the next night not as good for me because this one just felt long. Uh they were in uh Nago- Nagoya, uh no, Nakano, Nakano, and they only had 702. And I, mm-hmm. I think I think the building was seated for like 2000. So you saw a lot of empty seats, and then the crowd was just like I thought the crowd felt like they were in 2020 and they had to be a clap crowd because they never made a lot of noise. Only a few things for us to mention from this uh, card here. I guess I just want to quickly mention, though, that like I think no crowd beats a Karakun crowd. They are always yeah, that's true. elite. I, that, that's why I say like with this crowd, I don't think it would have been that bad if it didn't follow that Kurgan mm. crowd. 
Like that's what made this one extra depressing to watch because that Kurgan crowd was so rocking. You know, night three wasn't as rocking as Kurgan's crowd, but it was at least so better than this. I think that was that crowd was helped out by the fact it followed this show. Uh, but yeah, there's only a few things to mention from night two. Uh, you got the former IWGP junior heavyweight champions, TJP and Francisco Akira getting victories over the current IWGP junior tag team champions. Uh, yes, yes, TJP beating Kushida in nine minutes, 27 seconds with the inside cradle. Then you had uh, Akira getting the win over Kevin Wait, Knight. One, um, TJ winning with the inside cradle. That's how Kushida beat TJP. Yes, yes. And he kicked out of the, the pinning combination that beat him the, the last time mm -hmm. at uh, Dantaku. And then Akira getting the win over uh, Kevin Knight in eight minutes. 40 seconds with the uh, fireball speedball picked up another win with Ultimo weapon over a uh, show show once again with evil there for some reason. Um, would you rather have evil um Yujiro or Dick Togo? I'd rather it be Dick Togo than evil. Cause at least, at least his Dick Togo is a bit rubbish. Yeah. Exactly. That yeah. would make more, more sense to me. Your, your uncle Nobu got the win over Dan Maloney with the. He's winning this thing. <laughs> uncle Nobu is winning the entire tournament. I thought I thought Ishimori versus Teton was a good matchup. Uh, him getting the win with the bone lock, nine minutes twenty four seconds. Uh, El Desperado versus Bushi was probably probably the most underrated match on this card. With Despi pulling out the win barely over Bushi, who worked over the injured knee. But I think I'm going to say that I think Bushi and Despi's feud is one of the most underrated generally. Like whenever they are in the ring, it is brutal. Like two masked men fighting each other. So, yeah, I think, like, as much as I can't imagine Bushi's going to get many points, maybe even zero, he's going to put, he puts on good matches with Despi, like, without fail. Yes, yes. And they pulled out another good one here. And then Horomu Takahashi and Doki, best match on this whole entire card. I love I mean, this I one. I did cry a bit. I thought he was going to win. <laughs> I had this on my thing. I want so Doki's close. either gonna win or he's gonna beat Hiromu. And so close. I was like, Doki, you could do it. Didn't he have the red gear on as well? He dominated. Yeah. He pretty much dominated this matchup in a lot of ways. Like he had a bunch of uh, great offense on Hiromu. Hiromu would have his little flurries of offense, and he actually got the win with the time bomb, which I never expect because that's now his like signature instead of his finisher now. But mm -hmm. he got the win over Doki here. What did you think? It was a great match, but I guess I think I just love though that Doki is really making an impact. Like people were chanting Doki, and I'm a bit annoyed though because it was a bit like the Kanemaru match where like Kanemaru was dominating for most of it, and then Romu got it in the end. Yeah, I sort of wish that maybe if they'd have, I'd have rather them have Doki lose to Kushida and beat Hiromu than what they did that just because i'm a doki fan i i thought i thought i called in our like my prediction my preview over on the true hill heat youtube channel with uh jay news i thought doki was gonna win i thought hiromu was gonna start uh oh and three in this like tournament Kushida. yeah yeah like kushida i thought he would start oh and three because i thought doki would win here but like i said it was a great match the best on the show but it wasn't the match with the most time on the show that went to the main event that went 18 minutes 12 seconds yo pulling out the win over master wado 
I thought that this was a good match. I just felt like it was probably a little bit too long for these two guys. What did you think? I liked the speed. It was different. It was very unexpected speed. But I really liked it because I feel like Yo is always... Yo works perfectly in any way. He can do hot, fast. He can do slow because we've seen his emissions are second to none. Wato, I think, still needs... He needs to work out his levels of, like, not going into things 100%. And I feel like this match did that. It made... It made Wato have to go at somebody else's pace. Like, you know, when, like, Yo went outside and was just waiting for a bit. Yeah. I think it worked. Maybe it could have been about 15 minutes, but I think for a main event, I personally liked it. I liked that both guys were able to shine. And it was a really nice... Again, Yo showed a bit of personality and charisma. And I think it was nice. There were, and there was no way Wato was going to win. Because I think Yo... As much as like Yo has not been on the winning streak that he was maybe two years ago, I think they are trying to build him up as not getting zero points. And this was nice, and the post-match was very like very short, brief, but also quite loud. But I do see where you're coming from with the length, though. Yeah, I I don't I don't I think that if this was Kurgan and they would have gave me the same match, I would be on your kind of liking it mm -hmm. a little bit more on the same level that you did. And I probably would even call it a great matchup, but I just thought with this crowd being kind of dead, it yeah. just didn't fit with this with this matchup, which I like I said, I thought it was good. I just I was like, oh, I don't know if it should have went this long. It 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 was 18 minutes, it says here, but it felt like 25. Mm -hmm. Like that's so that's that that's never a good thing in any type of matchup, especially with how this tournament has started so far. Yeah, I guess that you said the big thing is the crowds. If the crowds are not feeling it, then we at home can't vibe with it as much. Exactly. And then uh we got night three, night uh day three, uh, a couple of matches that we'll just scroll through here. Uncle Nobu finally got his first loss to Kevin Knight, who uh scored with the spike DDT in seven minutes. Then you had uh show the aforementioned show in uh Taguchi, where show showed a little bit. He came out with, oh, the, nice. with the new Japan shirt, promise you had evil when the lights the lights went out, and then evil showed up. And and he was like, I'm going to call it right down the yeah. middle. And then low blow, still the same shenanigans and show it. Taguchi should have come out with the ass. Should have used if, if he ass. was going to bring it out for anything, it had to be this match. Should have used the ass, sir. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he had That's enough. the title. That's the title. He should have used his ass. <laughs> Should have used his ass. Um, <laughs> another another uh, pair of pretty good matches with uh, Clark Connors getting the no chaser on Bushi in six minutes. I really liked uh, Ishimori and Doki once again. Doki showing out. Uh, the MVP already. Like that's why I'm gonna pull out. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I think Doki has been the MVP of the first three nights. Like I every every one of his matches have been good to great so far. And this one was a very, very good one with Ishimori working over the shoulder and finally putting him away with the bone lock. I absolutely adored. I might be the high person on this one. Francisco Akira and Robbie Eagles. I felt nearly stole the show. If it wasn't for the main event, I would have said they stole the show. Everybody was high on that match. I was high on that match. You basically got like the, I don't want to say this because Robbie's not old, but like a veteran in Robbie 
because he's been wrestling for so many years. And I guess even, I mean, Akira's been wrestling for a long time, but he's the new blood. He's, I guess, the baby of the group. I think he's one of the youngest, if not the yeah. youngest. Of United and, Empire, I know he's the youngest there, but yeah, probably in this. Is. I think he's about a year or two younger than Water, who would be the youngest. So I think he's young, and it's a nice contrast of styles. And I think they're similar statures as well, similar like heights and stuff. So yeah, I mean Robbie, I think Robbie never gets enough credit for how good his matches are, because yeah. sometimes you have the odd ones where maybe people aren't vibing with it, but his ones in the tournament so far, and especially now he's in TMDK. He can, he can be a bit more dastardly, not like obviously heelish, but he can show a bit more personality and be a bit more brutal. I agree. He does show a little bit like a uh, baby face fire, but he can mm. lean more in the middle like how Zach does, where Zach can win on his own, but he still shows he's a little bit of a dickhead. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, then we had the aforementioned Kashida going 0-3 against Teton. This one was super fast. It's six minutes. Uh, Teton getting the win with the, the the springboard double foot stomp. That was surprising how fast that went. Uh, got Teton's impressing people. While I think I've seen it, a lot of people are still not getting his personality, and I feel like his character does need to be shaped a bit more with Lij. But yeah, his wrestling, I remember watching him in the first Best Super Junior that I watched in 2018, 2018. And just seeing how much he's grown since then, leaps and bounds. Very true. Very true. He's come a long way, uh, Teton. And then Dan Maloney getting the win over Yo with the Driller Killer. A little bit of an upset there. I, I, didn't, I didn't expect that, even though... I was heartbroken. Yo has not has never won in uh in this uh in this building in Nagoya Congress uh center. He's never won a singles match there. Really? Yeah, that was that was the stat they said on uh English commentary that I found interesting and kind of told us what was gonna happen. Then we had two back-to-back -back really, really strong matches. I would say great matches with speedball Mike Bailey beating uh TJP mm -hmm. with the Flamingo driver in 13 minutes, and then El Desperado defeating Master Wado in 14 minutes with Pinche Loco. The speedball TJP, I really enjoyed that match where TJP was kind of using more of his submission-based mm. kind of stuff while Mike Bailey has just improved leaps and bounds from a couple of years ago where he's so versatile and his precision on his strikes are just insane. It was honestly, I, I feel like the two of them, their styles are so different, like you said, but it all worked together. And while about TJP is he's allowing his opponents to shine. And like, similarly with the Titan match after he got the loss, he like showed a sign of respect. And I think that that is the sign of an amazing veteran. That he's working with his opponents no matter how different they are. But showcasing them in like an amazing... Because TJP's career is cemented. Even in New Japan, he is known from his LA days when he started... And the fact that he allowed Speedball Mike Bailey to shine, but also didn't make himself look weak was amazing for me. Indeed, indeed. They, these guys worked really well with one another. And it's crazy. That's only their second meeting all time. You would have thought mm -hmm. it was a lot more. And then Despy beating uh, Watto. Same, it's, it's a different year, same dance. Uh, Despy always beats Watto, it seems. I think that, again, a... a Few that I'm really loving. Like, remember on Wrestle Kingdom, they they had to team together, wasn't it? 
Yes. No, no, no. It wasn't uh Wrestle Kingdom was the four-way. It was the the show, the show in October. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That, sorry, that them. one. Were they teaming together? They were, yeah. weren't they? Yeah. They're one of my favorite like rivalries ever. It's just Despi has such a lack of any sort of he just doesn't want to acknowledge Wato. He's like, I literally could not care less about him. But they manage to work really well with each other. They do. They always work really well with each other. And I thought this was probably Watto's uh, best match of the tournament so far mm-hmm. in this one with uh, El Desperado. And then finally, Sanal, probably my second favorite match of the tournament, Leo Rush versus Hiromu Takahashi going 18 minutes, 11 seconds. And Leo Rush pulling out the victory over mm-hmm. Hiromu, avenging his loss from the New Japan Cup final. I don't know if it was as good as that one, but this was a tremendous yeah. matchup where Leo Rush just seems so determined to get the win, kind of uh, pulling out uh, the, the chair at one point and trying to use that uh, against him on the outside where he got belly to back suplex into the into the chair. Uh, then finally, it looked like Hiromu was going to hit him with a uh, avalanche time bomb off the top rope but leo rush fought his way out hits the final hour for the win what did you think about this one and how did it live up to the original bout at the new japan cup final i mean i guess like you're right in the sense that it was always going to be hard to live up to that but i think everything in this work from the wrestling to the storytelling to the narrative that they're putting with hiromu like he is the champion he has lost two main events now and I mean, Leo, Leo is so talented. And I was saying this to you before we started. The one female fan throughout this match going, Leo, Leo. Like he's he's getting support of the Japanese crowds as well. He is. He is. Like he's he's getting he's getting over with the crowd. Like the that's been probably one of the better things about like the first three nights as you see guys like Leo Rush, Speedball Mike Bailey, these Japanese crowds are like fully embracing these guys where you want to see them continue on in New Japan because they are kind of getting entrenched with these crowds and they're really kind of warming up to these new guys. Oh, exactly. And I think that the way that they're also making it quite diverse with the results and things is actually giving us a tournament that we don't know what to expect. Because if you'd have had Hiromu winning or something, you'd have been like, ah, fair enough. But even this is now building up for matches after the best of Super Junior. Yeah, because I would love to see Leo and Hiromu 3. I would also love to see Speedball and Hiromu go at it again. Like, man, just a great start to this tournament so far. And give me one match you're looking forward to in the next week of the Best of the Super Juniors. Mine, I mentioned it earlier, on my birthday, Kushida and Hiromu, because if Doki's not the MVP, Hiromu definitely is, because he's had probably my three favorite matches with the Speedball match, Leo, and the Doki match. That's probably in my three of my top five so far of the tournament. I think he's going to do more of the same against Kushida, but I think Kushida will probably be his third loss of this tournament. I'm having a look through all of these, and like it's almost like there could be so many amazing matches, but I'm going to go with two, with one that got two of my favorites. The 17th, Yo versus Despi. Ooh, I feel like, good. not just because like my, my heart, like they're two of my favorite wrestlers, but I feel like they are two guys who on the surface seem quite cool. They're quite unbothered. But I feel like they could really rile each other up. 
And and it's also a match that you never know. Could it be a fast pace? Could it be submission based? There is so much that could happen with this. Yeah, and it it can go either way as well because they kind of tra- traded off uh, wins in the last couple of best mm-hmm. of Super Juniors tournaments, so could go either way. But that is all for our best of Super Junior kind of uh, wrap up here. The next time you hear us on Ace Techers, it'll probably be the end of the tournament. Uh, I think the day I think the day of the end of the tournament is the next time we'll be fil- we'll be recording another episode of Ace Techers. So. Uh, you got our predictions on the last one. Got a rundown of the first three nights. We'll cover all the rest of the best of the Super Junior action on the next episode. Before we wrap up with resurgence, rapid fire predictions, Sanal, please tell the people where they can find you on social media, your awesome YouTube channel, and all the great content you're doing. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at wrestling underscore chat. And of course, make sure you subscribe to Sonal's Life. I have just posted an interview with none other than New Zealand Dojo's Michael Richards. So if you've watched uh, New Japan Tamashi and Lions Raw, the New Japan New Zealand Dojo documentary, we've chatted about everything from how he got into wrestling. Lions Raw was filmed during the pandemic, so there were some big moments there, including the cops getting called. So we discussed that. And his dream match with JY at Wrestle Kingdom. So make sure you have a watch of that. Very nice. Very nice. Love seeing you doing some interviews over there. And you can find me on the Twitter machine at True Hill SP3. You can find my YouTube channel, True Hill Heat Wrestling. Uh, that's up on on the on YouTube. You also got can listen to the True Hill Heat flagship podcast, any reviews and previews on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to your great podcasts like Ace Suckers. You can listen to it over there and check out the True Hill Heat YouTube channel right now. Got my exclusive interview with Sammy Callahan talking about Trinity coming to Impact Wrestling, his current storyline with the design, what he thinks about Steve Macklin and Nick Aldis, plus much, much more. So check that out as well. And like I said, Sanal, let's close things off. Rapid fire predictions for Resurgence, which is coming up next Sunday. Uh, as the people are listening to this, that's the next big show in the mm-hmm. U.S. for New Japan Pro Wrestling. You got Alex Coglin versus the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. Who you got? Coglin. I mean, I feel like we need to build him. Let's build some. We've got Clark Connors doing his thing. Kevin Knight. Give us some Coglin. I'm going to go with Coglin as well because I feel like they're still building towards Coglin versus Shibata for the pure title. Mm. Uh, DKC versus Bateman. I'm going to go with Bateman here because DKC doesn't win singles matches. Yeah, I was going to say. Also, um, I remember I used to watch bar wrestling and I used to cover that. And I love Tyler Bateman in that. So, yeah. Also, yeah, DKC, poor guy, man. Give him a break in these singles matches. Never win singles matches. Now we'll this. We're gonna uh, do predictions for the whole uh, strong women's championship tournament. First, you got Mercedes Monet versus Stephanie Vanger. Mercedes, yeah, come on, obviously. You know, are you gonna are you gonna have her lose in the third? Is it? It's the third match. Yeah, you're not gonna have it. Wait, there's not. This, this, this is the first round. Yeah, you're not gonna have yeah. her lose in the first round. <laughs> that, that's literally like she would like imagine like. Saying I'm gonna stay with New Japan. Like, oh, by the way, you're gonna lose a tournament in the first round. Like, uh, doesn't work for me, brother. Oh, yeah. uh, Momo Coco versus Will Willow Nightingale. Who you got? I guess Momo. I think I just think that it's 
New Japan, you probably do need some Japanese representation there. I'm going to go with Willow Nightingale Ooh. only because I, I think Willow versus Mercedes is like a dream match. I've been wanting mm. to see, so I want to see that. So you got Mercedes versus Momo. I got mm -hmm. Mercedes versus Willow. Are we both going with Mercedes to be the strong woman's champion? Yeah. I mean, as much as it just seems a bit stupid that she lost the title to just win another title, it's just it's the most obvious thing, isn't it? It really, it really is. Then you got tag team action, uh, Bad Dude Tito and Zack Sabre Jr. of TMDK versus uh, Barbino Cannavaro from uh, CMLL. And, I love him, honestly. And when Fantastica Mania comes, he's one of my favorites. <laughs> Who you got here? I'm going with TMDK. Yeah, so am I. I mean, bad guy Tito, I love Like He's a great wrestler as well. Zack, he's... He's going to still have the tile here, so it'll be, like, I doubt he's going to get the pin. And also, I don't know how big, like, CMLL will be with the New Japan US guy, yeah. like, viewers. So I feel like TMDK is safe bet. Then you got Fred Rosser versus Juice Robinson in a street fight following up from Keep My Wife's Name Out of Your Fucking <laughs> Mouth from uh, Capital Collision. I'm going with Fred Rosser because he you can't get punked out like that and then lose. No, and also Juice Robinson, as great as he was as the written to babyface when he was in New Japan. I mean, I I forgot that he was still a thing, to be fair. When he appeared with Jay on AEW, I was like, huh? <laughs> but I didn't realize this was still a thing. You got people who feel like him being paired, JV being paired with him is lowering J. That's that's bad. That's bad. Give him Gato. Gato's better. <laughs> so you got strong overweight championship, Hikaleo versus Kenta. Hikaleo, obviously. We, we, we it, Kenta doesn't need it back. And then you got six-man tag team action, the aforementioned Rocky Romero, Tomohiro Ishii, and Kazuko Okada versus Willie Yuta, John Moxley of the Blackpool Combat Club, along with Shoto Amino. I'm going with the Shooter BCC. I mean, I'm going for, and it's going to be on the specific, poor Rocky's getting pinned. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love Rocky. He was on my, like, he was the first person I've interviewed on my channel when I met him, the nicest guy. But Bless him, he's going to get pinned. He's going to be teaming with his best friend again, but he's going to get pinned. He's there to take a pin for his best friend. And then finally, IWGP United States Championship number one contenders matchup. The winner of this match versus Lance Archer at Dominion with the winner of that getting a shot at Kenny Omega for the IWGP US title. Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Will Ospreay. This should be absolutely terrific, but I'm going with Will Ospreay. Doing my empire sign with with the Aussie Open just there. Yeah, Osprey <laughs> has to win. Osprey versus Kenny has to happen. And the only way that's going to happen is if Osprey wins this. I'm predicting Osprey, Kenny at Forbidden Door. Kenny wins. And that sets up Osprey, yeah. Kenny three at all in. And mm -hmm. then Will finally beat him. Yeah. Also, just part um, Rev Pro have actually announced the show for the day before. With Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takagi. My favorite in-ring rivalry. Y'all really trying to make me come to London, aren't y'all? I mean, I'm like, I didn't get tickets to AW. I'm hoping that maybe close to time I might. But this Rev Pro show, I will be fighting for tickets. Because it's at the Copper Box. And that's where I saw the first Royal Quest. So I'm, I'm going to be fighting for those tickets, SP3. 
Well, you're going to be fighting for the tickets, and we're going to be fighting here next time on Ace Techers. It'll be our four-way team. Our team will be fully assembled, hopefully, for the next one. But I had a great time with you, Sanal. I hope everyone listening on WrestleIn had a great time with us. This has been Ace Techers. I don't know the title. Maybe Jacket Taker, uh, Best of the Super Chins, <laughs> or Should Have Used the Ass. One yeah. of one of those will be it, but we will talk to y'all next time.